Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, He is working. The Lord took me a couple months ago to the scripture that says, He gives His beloved sleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, that just means I'm going to sleep good. But in actuality, as I researched it, it means that even while we're sleeping, even while we're resting, even while we're inactive, He is working. And if you guys are willing to stay up here with the instruments, you can stay the whole service. I'm telling you, I don't know what God's going to do. I did not come prepared at all. And the Lord started giving me scriptures. And I go, I don't even know where they're found. How many of you are good at remembering scriptures, but you don't know their address? And uh, so I opened up my Bible. And here, I had the notes with those references so I can even prove it today. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come to you hungry for what you're going to do. And we're going to have some testimonies, but I'm going to put them towards the end. Father, right now, we thank you that even when we don't see and feel, you are moving, you are working. Even while we're resting, you are working. God, you exist outside of time. You are not moved by the pressure of this age. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that even now you are doing a beautiful work in our hearts. We are hungry for you, God. We are hungry for you. We want more of you. We want more revelation and understanding and application. Lord, I thank you that even today is a move of the Spirit, even within this house, even within those in this body. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, that today is a turning point. Today is, is going to make a difference in what we see manifested in our lives in the name of Jesus. Equip us, God. Prepare us, God, for what you're doing now and in the days ahead, because, God, you are moving. You are moving. You are a miracle worker. It's just who you are. It's just what you do, and it's what you do in us and through us in the name of Jesus. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes these last days have a lot of pressure to it. I mean, it is challenging. We face difficult times, times of stress. And even we can see that in 2 Timothy 3.1 in the Amplified, it says, but in the last days. Guys, are we in the last days? Come on. We are in the last days. He said, uh, but understand this. He said, I want you to have an understanding. I want you to realize that in the last days, we are going to see, feel, and experience this. And what is that? That in the last days will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. How many of you have faced things that are a little bit hard to deal with, a little bit hard to bear? It challenges your soul. We need songs like this. Why? Because even when we don't see, even when we don't feel, He is working. Because we're feeling the stress. We're feeling the pressure. 
We're looking at the news. We're looking at the things, the million voices that are out there screaming negativity. And we're saying, Lord, what do I believe? How do I act? How do I respond? How do I handle my finances? Should I take all my money out of the bank? What's going to happen? Everything's going to fall apart. What should I do? How do I survive? Come on, this is the last days. But our God is working. He is working. He is not moved by the pressure and the stress, the things that are so difficult to bear. But then he also gives us a promise about the last days. And we see that in Acts 2, 17 and 18. But in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Not just Christians, not just ones that do everything perfectly all the time. How many have perfect people who are perfect all the time? Come on. I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Listen, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That means we will have divine inspiration. We're going to have divine revelation in the midst of stressful times, in the midst of times where it's so difficult to bear, just a couple words that come from revelation, just an awareness of his love for us, just a supernatural, what some people might not even think is an encounter in an encounter with truth and revelation in his heart. This morning we had an encounter. And there's been a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, an open heaven over this place. This is a moment. This is a window of opportunity to allow your spirit man to so connect with the spirit of God that he's pouring out right now, even in this place. He wants to give you personal, divine inspiration. That's prophecy. It's not just a thus saith the Lord that we give in a church or a thus saith the Lord when we give a personal prophecy. It is about you having revelation because I'm pouring out my spirit upon all flesh, he says. You'll prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Come on, guys. This is not a time to give up on dreams. It is not a time to say, how can this ever happen for me? Who am I for God to do this in my life? No, it's time. In the midst of pressure, in the midst of difficult times, he's saying, I want you to have vision. I want you to have dreams. I want you to see what I see. I want you to hear my heartbeat. I want to speak to you. Even in the midst of the pressure, I want to speak to you because you are my voice. You are my instrument. You are the one that gets to go be that light in darkness with hope in the midst of a hopeless world. Come on, guys. God says that's what he's going to do in the last days. I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy. You are a prophetic generation. I'm not saying you're prophets. I'm saying you're a prophetic generation. The fact that you're living on planet Earth at this time reveals that you carry the ability to prophesy, to hear the voice of God and speak it to someone, not just in church, but wherever you go. He placed an apostolic anointing. What does that mean? He's given you the ability to build. 
He's given you the ability to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. That's what this is all about. Because in the last days when things are so stressful, we get to be the light. We get to have the strategies and the solutions. God wants to use us to be that light in darkness. We know Jesus was the light as he walked in this earth. But then he said, he said, I'm here on this earth for a while. But I want you to know you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. It's you that I'm going to use in the midst of the pressure of this age to be a voice. And then in Isaiah 2.2 in Micah 4.1, it says, in the last days. All these scriptures talk about the last days. He said, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord, that's the kingdom of God, that's the rule and reign of God. That's the manifestation of his spirit. It's the thoughts and the ways of heaven. It's the, it's the culture of heaven. He said, in the last days, in the midst of perilous times, I'm also going to pour out my spirit. But I am going to, I am going to, look, this is what he's going to do. That, oh, I still need music, guys. I don't know. I've never, ever expected that in times past. I never thought about it. In fact, in times past, it almost felt like an irritant, got my distraction off because I think better in silence. But something, God is moving today. It really doesn't matter what I speak. I want you to have an expectation in your heart that God is doing something inside of you. He's doing something through you. He's doing something in your sphere of influence. Come on, guys. This is for our families intimate families and extended families. This is for our community. This is for our workplace. This is for every person that we meet, guys. And he says, my rule, my reign, my kingdom, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow to it. What is going to attract people into the kingdom of God when they see heaven manifested on earth? When they see what is impossible with man become manifested? What is the thing that leads men to repentance or a change of thinking? It's the goodness of God. The goodness of God changes the way I think. Injustice, abuse of power, hurt, rejection, shame. It shapes the way I think in a negative way. And even in the pressure of this last days, guess what? Fear wants to come in. The Bible also says in the last days, men's hearts will faint for fear. And how does that affect us? According to science, a fearful thought, a fearful emotion is three times more powerful to establish memory. Why? Because there's great emotion attached to it. When you feel something good, oh, that's just great. But when you hear or feel something bad, it carries such emotion with it that it wants to shape the way we think. 
It wants to shape the way we believe. But God says, hey, in the midst of the pressure where the enemy's trying to shape the way you believe about him, about the world, about people, about your life, about your situations, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to give you dreams and I'm going to give you visions and I'm going to exalt the kingdom of God upon all these mountains of society. And people are going to run to it. Why? Because they see you. It's very hard to give what we haven't received. Today is our day of receiving, guys. Today is our day of an experiential reality. I just see an open door, and we just have to walk through that door in our mind. You say, but God, but God, what about this? What about that? What about my situation? We're stepping through that door. And his spirit is not just bringing breakthrough, but it's establishing the kingdom of God in such a notable way. People can't deny it. God wants to use us. In Luke 9, how many of you know the anointing of God's inside of you? As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Come on, right? The kingdom of God is within us, correct? We know this. We know this. And in Luke 9, Jesus sent out his disciples and he gave them power to heal the sick. That was even before Jesus paid the price on Calvary, right? He sent him out and he says, I'm giving you power. Go and heal the sick. And the disciples went out and they healed the sick, but they couldn't cast out demons. Because see, when the demonic spirits are strong and aggressive, it can be intimidating. Give these guys grace. The spirit of God wasn't in them yet. Come on. They couldn't be saved yet because Jesus hadn't died and rose again. So they weren't born again as we know it. And when demons would manifest, they would like probably freaked them out. They never saw anything like that. <laughs> and they came back and a father came with his son and said, your, your disciples couldn't cast out these demons. My son has demons. And Jesus said, he didn't say this. I'm just saying it. Bless their hearts. Man, I gave them power. Bless their hearts. And so Jesus cast out the demons and he healed the son. That's Luke 9. And then it comes into Luke 10. And in Luke 10 is where he sends out 70. He anointed 70 to go out. He didn't give up because it didn't go perfect with the disciples. So instead of doing 12, he sent out 70. And he says, this is what I want you to do. Let me give you a strategy to bring heaven to earth. Let me give you a strategy to release the Spirit of God wherever you go to whoever you meet. He gave them steps. We all like steps. 
Let's check off the to-do boxes, right? He gave steps. And he didn't say, go fast for six months or 40 days or for a week. There's nothing wrong with that, but he didn't say that. He didn't say, oh man, spend about three days just saturating in scripture. That's a good thing, but he didn't say that. This is what he said. Because remember, they were sent by Jesus. They were anointed. Guys, we are a light in darkness. Go ye into all the world. Go into every aspect of society and bring some good news, guys. Bring some good news. So he sends out the 70, and this was the first instruction. Chapter 10, verse 5. And into whoever's house you enter first, this is the first thing you do, say, peace be to this house. When I come up against someone, the first thing I do, I don't start, you need to get saved. You need to, you know, no. The first thing is I speak peace. You know, I know there's this pressure of the last days. I know you're in hard times. I know it's difficult times. I know it's hard to deal with. I know it's hard to bear. But I'll tell you, I speak peace to you. I speak peace to your soul, to your emotions. But did you hear the news last night? I speak peace to you. Do you know what's happening in my body? I speak peace to you. Let me tell you the battle in my family right now. I speak peace to you. That was the first thing. We have the opportunity to speak peace into our world. Can everybody here do that? Two people. Verse six, and if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. If somebody rejects it, there's nothing you can do about it. But if they receive it, what do you do? Verse seven, and in the same house remain. So I just don't go, oh, speak peace and walk away. I don't say, okay, speak, peaks, go ahead, go your way. <laughs> no, no, no. It says stay. Now, scripturally, are we not the temple of the Holy Ghost? Don't we house? We house spirit, positive or negative, fear-based or faith-based. Every memory in our brain is either fear or faith-based. Come on, guys. It dwells in our house. So I've spoken peace. She receives that peace. Stay. Stay connected. Come on. Stay here. Okay. Yeah, there you go. People need it. People need it. Guess what? When fear comes in, somebody speaks peace. You're going to be attracted to carriers of hope. Everybody you come in contact with, we have no idea their story. With my Stop Devaluation movement, I'm hearing story after story after story after story. I mean, some stories, my jaw is dropping. But they're drawn to carriers of hope. 
hungry for someone to speak peace. So when they want that peace, right? And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Stick with this one. Stick with them and keep investing into them. Fellowship with them. Text them. Give them a call. We've got so many ways to stay with someone nowadays. Isn't that right? So many ways to connect. And into whoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Now it's gone from the person of how this will impact a city. How this will, I'll add this, impact an organization. Impact, oh man, work is so hard. It's like going to hell every day. Ah, you are a light in the midst of darkness. Things aren't going the way I want. You're a light in the midst of darkness. Somebody has got to be the peacemaker. The third thing that they were told to do. So the first one was speak peace. The second one was hang out, fellowship, socialize, eat with them, stay connected. Step three, and heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, I'll get to that one next. Heal the sick. He's saying, okay, while we're connecting, while we're talking, I'm learning what you need. When we have a connection and safety in relationship, we know someone's needs. They need healing. We stand and we believe for the miracle worker. Come on. We partner with heaven. And when we decree a thing, it shall be established. And where any two shall touch and agree, it shall be done with our, by our Father, which is in heaven, because Jesus Christ paid the price. But maybe her need is not physical healing. Maybe she just needs to be loved. Well, you don't know what I did. You don't know how I messed up. I get to love her. I get to value her. I get to celebrate her. Maybe she has done everything she knows to do, but doesn't have money. That's why God wants us to have abundance. Because when we have abundance, we can be generous. Whatever that need is, in all of our ability, we meet the need, but we'll never find out their need just by saying, peace, you got it, and walk away. It's by staying and connecting and hearing their heart. And then here is step four. Now, are all those things we can do? Do you need a theology degree to do any of those things? Do you need to be in ministry to do that? Do you need to, to love preaching? Do you need to be able to prophesy? No. That's every human being who has the kingdom of God dwelling inside of him. Then he said, this is what we say to them after we've spoken peace, after we've fellowshiped and connected with them, and after we have met their need. Then say, the kingdom of God has come near you. Guys, that's the kingdom.
That's the kingdom. Because when we take time to be light in the darkness, the kingdom of God comes near to people. We can all do this. Thank you, Laura. That's how the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus is manifested. We all have testimonies. We all have an experiential reality. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God in the midst of my stupid years. And I had a bunch of stupid years. But you know what? Now my stupid years can be used as a catalyst to speak peace to somebody else. The sexual abuse. Oh, I remember the pain of that. It no longer holds pain inside of me. God is a healer. Thank you, Jesus. But I remember the pain. And now that can be a release of empathy. So when I see others who have gone through those things, I can relate, I can connect, and I can speak peace. I was recently speaking at a woman's conference in the D.C. area. And after it was all over, this young woman with all the piercings, all kinds of things, she was the cutest little thing. She said, I need to talk to you. We got out in the hall and she burst into, the tear, into tears and she said, the things that happened to you happened to me. I knew what she was talking about. And even though she didn't want to let it out, because when you've experienced injustice, when you've experienced sexual abuse, it does something to your soul and to your identity and to your value and your worth. And you don't want to tell anybody because if anybody knew, they wouldn't like me. If anybody knew, they might blame me. And we think we're the only ones when statistically it is so rampant in our world. And shame wants to hold us locked in silence. And so when she came up and said, what happened to you happened to me, instantly, God began to minister peace to her. I was a light in her darkness because I've experienced something that she has. The Bible says there is no temptation taken us that isn't common to humanity. I'm rewording it. That's why we need to be a place that is authentic, real. That's why we need to be a safe place, a house of peace that no matter where somebody is at, no matter what they've experienced, they can be loved, valued, accepted, and celebrated where people are going to be real enough to say, this is the battle that I've had. Because it brings hope. I think a church should represent what God wants every Christian to be. 
and filled with believers who love somebody enough just to speak peace. And when they start hanging around, take them out to lunch or eat together in the lunchroom or text them and say, I was thinking about you. Whatever way you can connect. Hear their needs. And then tell them the kingdom of God has come. You know, when you got healed, that is the rule and reign of God right there. That's the heart of God. You know, that peace you feel right now, that's the spirit of God. Yeah, somebody might have handed you money, but that's the kingdom right there. It's not about money. It's about the love attached to that. God meets our needs because he loves us. And he's shifting our mindset so we can see what the kingdom of God looks like. Man, guys, you hold. You hold the ability to bring the kingdom wherever you go. Actually, these scriptures are a part of a training I'm developing on being a culture champion. It's about taking the culture of the kingdom with me wherever I go, where I champion the thoughts and the ways of heaven. And I've learned I don't have to preach to do that. In fact, I reach more people not preaching than I do preaching from the pulpit here on a Sunday morning. How does that happen? Because I run into people every single day of the week. When I talk to, and you think, you're in your office all day. Yeah, and I'm talking to people from around the world. And I'm coaching people across the United States. And I'm bringing trainings and I'm doing things where I'm connecting to people. I won't say the nation because I don't want to attach it to anyone. But a European nation, a high-level businessman called me. And we just talked for an hour and a half. He's not a believer. But he shared the challenges of his nation, the challenges of his business. And you know what I did? I began to speak peace. And the Spirit of God began to give me words. You know, there are a lot of words out there. And he says he gives you a word of wisdom. It might just seem like a little seed, but I had seeds of wisdom. And I had seeds of knowledge. We talked for an hour and a half. And at the end of that conversation, this man said, Melody, I have been marked by you. I have never had a conversation like this in my life. You have marked me. You know who he was marked by? Not by Melody. He was marked by the Spirit of God. In the midst of his darkness... He was marked with life. He said, I have learned never let go of a relationship that marks you. He talked to someone living in D.C. And he says, you know Melody Hilton? And they go, yeah, I do. He says, I love that woman. <laughs> it's okay, babe. 
Why? Because he's sending us out to speak peace. He's sending us out to connect and relate. He's sending us out to meet someone's need. And when those things all take place, we could say that's the kingdom. I was in Philadelphia. There was a high-level woman who was very influenced by the things that I brought to the table, and she was contacting me a lot. And after about a week or two of contacting me, she goes, Melody, I Googled you, and you're a Christian. And I said, yes, I am. She goes, you don't act like a Christian. Lord, help the body of Christ. We're to represent his kingdom. And I said, oh, everything I say lines up with what it says in the Bible. It really lines up with Christianity. She goes, it does. And I said, yeah. She goes, wow, okay. In that moment, her mindset began to shift about what Christianity really looks like. And then we went right back to business. But at that moment, something shifted in her mindset. I heard a quote the other day, and I'm probably misquoting the quote, and I don't even remember who the quote was by. But it said, you'll never be more holy condemning another. It won't make you more holy to be critical of somebody else. But when we model what it says in Luke 9, you keep on reading verse 17. And the 70 returned. They came back to Jesus. They were out there doing these things. And they returned and said, even the devils are subject to us. Remember, the disciples couldn't cast out the demons. They went in there with the heart of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom, the mindset of the kingdom. And they said, oh my gosh, even the demons are subject to us. And then he said, okay, don't rejoice about the demons. I want you to rejoice, what? That you're connected to the kingdom. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now. I just thank you and praise you for what you're stirring in our hearts today. May our lives, may our testimony, may the establishment of the kingdom inside of us be so contagious in our world that people will be drawn to us. Lord, you're the way maker and you showed us a way. You showed us a way. Raymond, could you come and share your testimony? I almost left Cheryl deliver this praise. But then God said, it's not Cheryl's to deliver. It's mine. Because God did it for me. But I'm battling in my mind out there in the hallway, and God, I know of at least three people in this church who have not seen their prayers answered yet. But I received mine. 
I got my blood work back the other day. Cheryl tells me that the doctors called and the babesia that was in my body is completely gone. Zero. And my liver levels, which were so terribly low, enzymes and white blood cells, are back to normal. But as I'm battling in my mind, I'm thinking, what will the people think if I glorify God and give Him praise and brag on Him? And God says, do it. If you do, then that will give them more faith or convince them that not only can he do it, but he will. God will do it. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor is he the son of man that he should repent. Has God not said it and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken it and shall he not perform it? Once you see God move, it changes your life. And I just want to say, I got my miracle. You can get yours too. Thanks, stay up here. Thank you, Father. Everything the Father does for us releases an earned authority inside of us. And authority increases because of that experiential reality. There's no man or circumstance that will ever be able to take away the miracles that have taken place in your life. It is sealed into the very depths of your soul. And so you can communicate peace with complete conviction. You can communicate hope with complete conviction. And so if you're here today, and you or someone you know needs healing in your body, then I want you to come up, and I want Raymond to pray over you. And if there's anybody else, sure, you want to come and stand with Raymond? Thank you, Father. I know this isn't the traditional way that we do it, but I want you to know, when you receive, there is a level of faith. Come on, guys. Where any two shall touch and agree, it shall be done by our Father which is in heaven. So, Father, right now, you can come up. That's okay. Even as we begin to dismiss the service now and, and say goodbye to all those on Facebook Live, we love you very much. Be encouraged. Be that culture champion. Be that one that speaks peace into your spheres of influence. I bless you in Jesus' name.